Hello, and welcome to the Mr. Ornelas podcast. Uh, my name is Rick Ornelas, and we've had a really great start to the school year this year. Uh, for language arts, we decided that we were going to hit the ground running, and one of the big things that we do are Socratic uh, seminars, and we really wanted to sort of front load the kids early on and get them prepared with the whole process and get them understanding what Socratic seminars are all about because it's a big part of what we do. Um, this year, to start off, we chose the topic, uh, should we raise the legal driving age? And we kept the whole process fairly simple for the kids. We, we gave them two articles. Uh, one was pre- uh, printed in the U- USA Today. And that article really pointed out a lot of statistics and facts about teen driving and really made the argument that um, the legal driving age should be ra- raised. Uh, the other article we presented was from a youth rights uh, website, and it pointed out that the idea of raising the legal driving age wasn't as cut and dry as it seemed, that there was a lot of other factors to consider and that we could potentially be uh, punishing responsible teenagers by by raising the driving age. It also pointed out a lot of long-term effects of 16-year-olds gaining driving experience and sort of the impact that that would have and how that would look if we raised the driving age. And it kind of made the argument that we shouldn't raise the legal driving age. Uh, To prepare for this, students had what we call big idea questions. And these are sort of leading questions that we kind of use to guide the Socratic seminar. They definitely don't have to be uh, the guiding force in the seminar, but it's something that they're prepared for, they have to cite their evidence, they have to research and be prepared to answer. Um, and then with the actual Socratic seminar, it's a totally student-led conversation. Uh, I would call it a formal academic conversation. Uh, students are required to cite evidence as well as what they think, but we really push them to back up their feelings with evidence from the articles and things like that. Um, I try and stay out of the way of the conversation as much as I possibly can um, so that students are driving and relying on the work that they did instead of relying on me. Um, And for the first Socratic seminar, this group did really, really well. Uh, There was a lot of great opinions and uh, respectful behaviors and and things like that with uh, students sharing and, um, you know, sharing the research and things that they did. Um, So just so you have a feel for what a Socratic seminar looks like, um, in my room, I have it divided pretty much into two sections. There's an inner section and an outer. Um, The idea behind it is students are partnered up. One partner sits on the outer section, one student sits on the inner section, and the conversation is led by the people on the inner section. People on the outside are observing, they're taking notes, they're listening, and they do have the opportunity to come join the conversation in what we call a hot seat. Um, but then about halfway through, we switch. And so the two groups switch. And then the group that was on the outside now has a chance to uh, join the conversation and share their points on the inside. Um, I cut out about three to five minutes from each class to share with you today. Um, honestly, we probably could have put up you know, the half hour recordings from each class, but I just figured that would be too long. But I just wanted to give you an idea of what it sounds like, how the conversations are going and things like that. 
Um, we set up a microphone right smack dab in the middle of the room. So some students you can hear really well because they're closer. Some sound like they're farther away because they're farther away. Uh, but that's about it. It was a really great experience. The kids had a lot of fun. Um, they were hoping to do another day on this, um, but with only two articles, we figured two, one day was probably good enough. We didn't want to go dry the second day and run out of things to say. So I hope you enjoy. Um, listen to the student work, and then um, you will hear from me at the end of the podcast. Then that's going to probably affect them and team driving teams with lower income have like usually drive on worse roads and not um, well cars so that then that also affects it compared to adults that have more of a higher income they could afford to live in better places that have better roads and more like cars that are in better condition so and also the experience because say you're like 50 years old and you've never driven before, you're probably not going to drive any better than a 16-year-old that's never driven before. I agree with that because the evidence says that where teens drive a lot, they quickly improve so so much so that the teens who drive a lot are actually safer than teens who drive very little. I agree too because um, if a team doesn't have experience and someone like pulls out in front of them, they're more likely to try to swerve to like a different direction than to like know how to avoid it. And swerving kind of like makes it more likely that the car is going to roll, so they're more likely to get in the crash. In the um, one ability, our graduated licensing rules enough to change the legal driving age for six-year-olds. I think the graduated license rule, um, licensing rules are too easy. I think this because teens are dying from car crashes. I feel that it is supposed to be really hard, so there's a less of a chance to getting in a car crash. Um, quote, the brain researchers raised the question, how will... How well can teen drivers respond to stress driving? With this information, I can prove they should make tests harder so less of a chance to stress driving. I disagree with you because it says graduated licensing rules. I think they're too strict because if they don't, like, if they're not in the car, like, experiencing it, they're probably not going to really learn because the graduated license rules, they're just like, like, oh, you do this and then you could do this, but if they don't get the experience to do that, like, they don't make a mistake or do it, then they won't really know. I think they're too strict. I disagree with Christian because, like, if you have a parent in the car with you the whole time that you're driving until, like, a certain amount of time, then, like, you can't really learn how to do it by yourself because your parents might tell you how, like, the wrong thing to do. Sixteen-year-olds, you need to start getting your driving experience because without your driving experience, your emotional 
Um, like your emotions would get the better of you when you're driving, and with experience, you probably could like deal with it while you're driving because more experience could um, help you out on the road. I disagree with you because the 16-year-old brain is not developed enough to drive a car um, because from the, Nas the National Institution of Health, it explains that teens' brain the part that weighs risks and makes judgment and controls impulsive behaviors is a weak link and not fully developed. I disagree with you um, because um, in the article, is 16 too young to drive a car? In the section attitudes about teen driving, it said that um, instead, most fatal crashes with 16 year old drivers 77% involve driver errors, which did not, um, which are not caused by anything like, um, like drinking or anything, it was just caused by errors, meaning that they kind of lack experience. It's not the brain, because even if you like band the or like move the, move the driving age to be even higher, like they would still have no experience and the percentage would stay the same. Yeah, I would. I agree with her because without the experience, they wouldn't really be able to do anything because right here, um, let me look for it. I disagree with you because in 2003, there were 937 drivers at age 16 who were involved in fatal crashes. And lots of them died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but also, they, the percentage is still going to stay the, sh the, the same because um, without, again, without the experience, they will, like, never learn how to drive correctly. And that will, um, like still allow them to get in more crashes because when they're older, it'll be harder for them to learn it. Building off on what Tim said, I think that on page, um, on the back of the packet, it says that, um, that lawyers and stuff are, are um, more prone to get into an accident than farmers, so it depends on the job or where you live. Because it says in Washington, D.C., get into 140% more wrecks and drivers in Milwaukee. Um, yeah, it's kind of ridiculous to kind of, um, you know, ban teens from driving when, you know, it's just kind of targeting only the youngsters because, you know, in the common sense approach and the, and, and the, article teen drivers what are the real risks it basically says that um you know male drivers crash more than women so you know why do we ban all males from driving and why are we only banning teenagers from driving because they crash more than other people but males doesn't crash more than females it's kind of you know yeah, hard on the i agree with you because teenagers are considered more reckless and irresponsible than adults I agree and disagree with you because I feel like experience is important, but also the age of development is. Yeah, but our brain is, it isn't like it's not developed, it's a de developed enough to do it. Exactly. Well, I mean, I feel like 16-year-olds have 
So it says in is is sixteen year old too young to drive a car. It states that sixteen year old's brain is generally far less developed than those just a little older. And I feel like if they put it back just even a year, then let you know. Yeah. So because well, in if we were arguing arguing that sixteen was too young. We'd be arguing how 17 is too young, and then 18, and then 19, it just goes on. So I think experience is just really, really important. Um, so, and Mike Mill stated that the most important factor in predicting teen risk is in driving is experience. So, in general, just um, driving experience, that's why we have a learner's permit for 15 year olds. And experience has not a super high reward because maturity is super important too. But um, there's no being around that drivers need one to two years of experience before they're no longer dangerous because cars can be considered as a well. Yeah, I think experience is um, uh, is important because of the safety and like. If you have more experience where you're driving, then you kind of get used to your environment and you know like where the like big potholes are or like where a hard turn is or something. And so if you have more experience, then you can get to know things. So like if you have little, then it's a lot harder to like figure out where like the hard turns are or um, where you could get hurt more likely and you know that. And I feel like that idea just connects to like how um, testing, when we're testing, is a 25-year-old a safer driver than a 16-year-old? Well, there's a very high chance that during these tests, they're testing this 25-year-old who has been driving since this 25-year-old was 16, and this 16-year-old who is new to driving. This 25-year-old is going to do much better on the test. And this is kind of... Um, people are testing like is 16 too young when really like even while testing that you can't escape that experience has such a high importance. Um, stated by Mike Mills in common, a common sense approach it says that learning to drive at 18 and 19 appears to entail more hazards than learning at six at the age of sixteen when the family influence remains strong and learning to curve is more rapid. And looking from a different perspective, like from someone else, it also seems like because um, emotional development is so important because um, these kids will be driving and maybe they decide, hey, I'm going to drive drunk and I'm going to speak they don't understand all the way the consequences, but from another perspective, well, why are my 16-year-olds being punished for other people, so. Um, adding on to what you said about emotional development, I think emotional development is very important because you could be uh, paying attention to your own problems. That means that you're probably not paying attention to the road, and not paying attention to the road could cause a fatal accident. Um, 
I think sometimes, I still think we should raise the driving age just a little, maybe to 17. Um, because, like, um, like the last um, conversation was brain development. And also, like, it doesn't matter the age also, because it's more or less the experience. Um, but I still think 17 would be a good age to start driving. 16, you could, like, at least kind of know... Um, like practice or something, like have an adult in the car or something like that. And then when you're 17 or 18, you can actually start driving alone and by yourself. But you'll need more experience to do that um, versus having an adult. Uh, I agree with Stella. Um, I think we should raise the driving age to 17 um, because, but I, but I also wish, I also think that it will lose experience from raising the driving age to 17. So I think that we should have the driving tests more strict or longer or something that can make up for that experience lost. Um. All right. And thank you so much for listening. I hope that you guys enjoyed. Um, again, the students really did a fantastic job with this being their first Socratic seminar. And there were definitely a lot of nerves in the room. They weren't quite sure what to do. A lot of students kind of looking at me like, you know, when am I going to talk? But um, once they get the feel for it and, and they start participating in the process, it's, it's really a great thing to see, to watch them express their learning. And, um, and like I explained in the intro, this is a really big part of what we do. Um, some Socratic seminars that we will likely be having this school year um, include topics such as should middle school students have recess, uh, should you play sports. Uh, there's a really fun one that we call the ship of Theseus, um, and where students discuss is it the same ship. Um, and we will, of course, be using it as a tool to help us discuss novels and uh, short stories and other things like that. But thank you again for listening. I appreciate your support. And... Uh, I hope to record another podcast soon. Thank you.